Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't Hey, welcome to the Peace Legal Show. Once again, we have Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos here to uh, to tackle the toughest legal concepts and maybe even some of your questions on the air. Uh, Haley, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Brian? I'm just enjoying this uh, beautiful summertime weather. Yeah, me too. It's really nice. Couldn't have got here any sooner. Well, actually, it could have, but uh, yeah, at, at least it, it got here. It definitely could have gotten here sooner. <laughs> So I know we have to to kind of give a standard disclaimer. You're going to be talking about legal things, but people need to understand something about this discussion. Yeah, I'm not providing any legal advice. Um, Nothing that I say, I'm just providing general information. Nothing that I say should be construed as legal advice. And if you do have a question or um, especially, you know, something that pertains to what I'm talking about, please Give me or another attorney a call and and consult with them specifically about your case. All right. Now, you've introduced us to a number of different areas of family law. Now, my curiosity is getting the better of me. What are we going to discuss today? So today, I actually switched gears a little bit. Um, I was going to talk a little bit more about parenting time and relocation parent time. So I think in the second segment, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But... um, I had an interesting phone call today, and I kind of wanted to touch on what we discussed a little bit. So the question is, how do you prepare for divorce? So a lot of times couples will will be living together, um, and one party has decided that they, you know, want to terminate their relationship. Their question is, how do I prepare when I know the relationship's over? How do I start preparing for divorce? And it's a hard question. I have a lot of people that will come to to have legal consultations that have been thinking about divorce and just don't really know where to start. They're, you know, their lives are completely commingled with somebody else, and they kind of want to know what are the first steps that they need to take to kind of prepare for that. And it's a really good question because you're in limbo when you start this process. There are no court orders to determine what the behaviors of the party should look like. There's no custody orders regarding the children. So unfortunately, in a really contentious time in your relationship, there are no rules, really. Um, And obviously that leads to a lot of contention. And a lot of times it will lead to expedited motions to the court for enforcement of of some sort of rules. (laughs) So um, anytime somebody sits down with me in my office with this question. So they're, they're asking for advice for preparation for divorce. Um, I will say right, right off, just as a disclaimer, that advice looks different to each of the clients that I'm talking to. Um, in the situation that they're in, say there's domestic violence issues. My advice is going to look really different to somebody that's in a domestic violence situation versus somebody that believes that their separation might be amicable. Right? So, Number one, the advice is different, but in terms of general information, things that I always tell people is if your finances are completely commingled, you need to start working towards separating those. So opening up a separate bank account, um, a lot of times people will have liquid assets in their joint bank accounts and saving accounts. 
Oftentimes, I'll say in preparation for litigation, take half of those assets out of the account and put it in a separate account. That's what the court's going to do anyway. They're going to split those assets between the parties. Um, Can I ask just for some clarification? Sure. Um, liquid assets. Sure. I think I understand what that means, but could you expand on that just a bit? Sure. Just money in the bank. Okay. So, Plain and simple. Yeah. What, what you could cash out and take Exactly. With you. Yep. Okay. And sometimes people keep um, cash in their homes and things in places that they've agreed to, things like that. I would also say any type of, of at liquid money, cash money that you have um, that is joint marital property, which is any money that, you know, the parties have acquired during the marriage that you go and take half of that and put it in a separate bank account. And this advice surprises a lot of people sometimes. And and oftentimes it makes them feel like it's going to, you know, increase maybe the contention and, and the issues in the divorce. And I'll say that it's, it often does. But there's also a lot of times where the main breadwinner who who decides where their income is directly deposited once the divorce is filed, will take that money and start depositing it in a separate account, and the other party no longer has access to any assets. So that's why I always say, you know, take half, put it in a separate account. That's what a court, like I said, that's what a court would do anyway. That also stops the party from depleting the marital assets. Um, you've already had, you know, an equitable distribution of those assets. And and start preparing that way. Um I also say do what you can with your credit cards if you if you're able to take so you're the principal on the accounts take the other person off so that you can mitigate how much post divorce debt is accrued um between the parties you guys can start having your own separate debts um but with the finances I I just say do what you can to to uncommingle those finances and you're going to want to try to do that before you file for divorce because a lot of times, you know, it blows up when, when the divorce is actually filed. Like I said, if, if the main, the person that's making the money, the person with the employment diverts their check to a different account, you don't really have much recourse unless you go to the court and ask them to have, be awarded spousal support on a temporary basis. So it's really important that you figure out a way to have some sort of money nest egg to be living on while you're going through this process because there's not really immediate relief. Well, it sounds to me like, uh, you know, trying to start that, that process of separating the finances would be like the equivalent of a starter pistol going off for a foot race of, you know, who can who can get control of, of the money the fastest? And unfortunately, it is. I, I would say that this Often, obviously, taking half of the assets out of your account is going to spark the other party to act, right? And it usually does. But, again, there's just too many times where I see one party disenfranchised because the other party has diverted all of the assets because they had access to everything. And they are the ones that have the income coming in. So... And again, that advice might change if I'm talking, if my client is the main breadwinner, right? So I I might say something a little bit different because the court also doesn't the judges don't typically like when when one party disenfranchises the other party. So depending on really and, and I guess this is my main point is this is really a case by case basis. The advice that I give really has to do with your specific situation. 
Um, and that's because I don't want to make this more contentious than it already is. I don't want the parties to have unnecessary issues that maybe wouldn't have come up had we acted differently. So it's important when you're hiring an attorney to look for somebody that is going to try and give you the best advice to help mitigate the contention as much as they can. Having said that, it's also our jobs to zealously advocate for our clients. And a lot of times that means protecting their ability to continue to live and provide for themselves during this process. So it's kind of a hard balance. I will say that it's, there's lots of cases where I'm not exactly sure. You know, you never know. You never know what the outcome of your actions are going to be necessarily or how the other party's going to react. And I always kind of put that to my clients. How do you think they'll react? You know, they're in a much better position to assess how the other party will react. Um, and, and typically just analyze the risk and benefit of those choices. But I will say typically I will advise the parties to split up their liquid assets from the very beginning, just because a, that's what, that's what a court's going to do. And B, they have to have something to live on. So, and it'll save them money in the long run, actually. In my heart, I want to believe that, uh, you know, in most situations, I'm going to behave altruistically. And I think most people aren't that different from me. I don't think I'm the odd man out here. But a situation like that sounds like um, th- like survival mode would kick in. And, and I don't mean, you know, that you're going to, you know, just become this selfish, self-centered person. But um, it's your it's your self-interest you're looking out for. And, you know, as an attorney... How do you help people balance that need for, for, you know, protecting their interests with also not being um, overly ruthless in protecting their interests, if that makes sense? Yeah, sure. Um, Another hard balance (laughs) to strike, I think. But a lot of the times when you say you would act altruistically, I think people people do not in that situation do not believe that they're acting self-interested. They So let's use an example of the main breadwinner, the main breadwinner or the person that's earning the income to support the family. I don't know what happens, but once divorce is on the table, they really believe that that money is theirs, that they're the one going to work. I've talked about this a little bit, but they're the one that's going to work every day, earning the money. And it's reasonable for them to believe that that money should be theirs after the separation. And that the other party should have no claim to that, and including the you know nest egg that they've built up for them themselves at that point, but it was for the family before. But they believe that they have every right to that money, and and so I guess what I do is I try to help people understand and have realistic expectations of of what that property looks like. It's marital. It's joint. It isn't just theirs. They don't have a right to it. So regardless how they see it, the law is looking at it from a different vantage point. Exactly. That's uh, community property. Yep. Selfish or not, yeah, you just kind of try and change their perspective a little bit about that property. Boy, I'm just grateful that there are people like yourself who have made this their their work and, and their vocation. We'll take a quick break. This is the Peace Legal Hour. Haley Dickey is here from Peace Legal and Intervivos. If you have questions, call 801-254-1640. We'll be back right after this.
America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyourliberty.com. Peace Legal, we're a refreshingly different type of law firm. Other law firms charge clients by the minute. Sometimes you're afraid to call your lawyer because you're worried about the cost. Not with Peace Legal. You have the option in most cases between hourly billing and flat fee billing. With flat fee billing, you know how much your case will cost up front. One flat fee, no hidden costs, and no charges to speak with your lawyer. We specialize in family law, adoptions, divorce, prenuptial agreements, and enforcement of custody and support orders. We also work with businesses and nonprofits, with planning, contracts, and employment issues. We also handle what we call life law matters. These are those cases that arise just by living life, buying a home, rental agreements, power of attorneys, and traffic and DUI matters. We have five offices in Orem, Ogden, Salt Lake City, Sandy, and Spanish Fork. Visit us at PeaceLegal.net. That's P-E-A-C-E-L-E-G-A-L.net. Or call us at 801-876-LAWS. That's 801-876-5297. Our consultations are free, and we will always work hard for you. Peace Legal. We're a refreshingly different type of law firm. With OnStar, you don't need to drive the newest model car to have the latest in connectivity. If you're not connected, now get select OnStar services free for three years with no strings attached. You'll get a mobile app that lets you start your car or unlock your doors from your phone and monthly diagnostic email reports. Just push the blue OnStar button and ask for three years of free mobile app and diagnostic services. Emergency and security services are not included. Eligible on select 2011 and newer vehicles. Visit OnStar.com for details, coverage map, and system limitations. Is credit card debt ruining your life? Now you can have a large portion of your credit card debt forgiven. Get Relief Today wants to give you free information that shows you how. This program is proven to work for credit card debt, medical bills, and department store debt. We'll give you the secret to this money-saving program absolutely free. 800-207-8558. That's 800-207-8558. That's 800-207-8558. My name is Garrett Smith, and I'm a lawyer with Peace Legal. Are you starting a new business or launching a nonprofit? You'll want to have the right foundation. You'll want the peace of mind in knowing that the advice you're getting is rock solid. At Peace Legal, we work with business owners, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. We help plan and review your business model, draft the necessary paperwork, and work with you when legal challenges and opportunities arise as part of your business. PeaceLegal.net. That's P-E-A-C-E-L-E-G-A-L.net. Or call us at 801-876-LAWS. That's 801-876-5297. Peace Legal. We're a refreshingly different type of law firm. Welcome back to the Peace Legal Program. Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos is here and taking your questions at 801-254-1640. All right, you had a topic you wanted to segue into in this second segment of the show. Yeah, sure. It doesn't segue perfectly, I'll be totally honest. And I was going to just add, so I talked a little bit in the last segment about how to prepare for divorce. If you either know it's coming or it's your decision, a decision that you are making, how to sort of prepare for that 
upcoming litigation. And even if you want, I will, I will say too, this can be an amicable process. It definitely takes two to make it an amicable process. And, and so if you've had those conversations with your spouse and, and you feel that it will be amicable, then I, I say that's great. Go talk to an attorney and let them know that this isn't going to be a contentious issue and, and they'll give you advice. I, I would give separate advice to that person. I would definitely vet and make sure that it, they really are on the same page, but if it's amicable, this is that's a little bit different. I would say most of the cases that I deal with aren't very amicable, unfortunately. Can you put a percentage to that? I know that's asking a lot, but how many times are people able to amicably come together versus um, not able to? Does it split down the middle or does it lean towards one side or the other? I've had in my career literally two cases where the parties just needed they they had already decided all the issues and they just needed an attorney to draft. So I've had a lot of people tell me that's the case. I've had a lot of people tell me that, yeah, we agree on everything. And then we start drafting the paperwork and it turns out that that's not the case. So I would say it's it's a very small percentage of cases where people actually don't have are completely on the same page. I mean, I, I think that's for a couple of reasons. People don't know what all the issues are in, in a divorce, right? And I think filing the petition and, and going to mediation really helped them understand all of the thing, all of the issues that they need to to agree on. Um, I also think the other reason is there's just so much emotional baggage that comes with these types of cases, and and it comes up. You know, you're talking about your kids, you're talking about money, your livelihoods, you know, the life you've built for how many years. I just think people have a really hard time being able to discuss that in an amicable way with, with the other party. So that's understandable. It is. Absolutely. I don't, I don't blame them one bit. So, but so I, I, in terms of finances, you know, like I said, start trying to uncommingle those finances. And then my other piece of advice is, well, it it depends again, who the client is sitting in, in front of me and, this is the kind of the segue to my next topic. I had a client recently ask me, Hey, I want to move. I want to move out of state. <clears throat> the litigation actually hasn't started yet. We're in sort of the preparation limbo stage and he wants to move out of state with the kids. And I get this question a lot. Um, I think a lot of times people want to start new once they get divorced and, and kind of have a new beginning in a new town Um, And as nice as that sound, I've talked about this a little bit. The courts don't want parents to be moving away from each other. When you're starting out in these these co-parenting relationships, typically you're going to, you know, have to figure out a way to be able to co-parent. And that typically isn't possible if you're living a hundred or so miles away from each other. So the statute is actually... For these types of cases where the parties live so far away from each other um, is 30-3-35, or I'm sorry, 37. It's called the relocation statute, and it kind of outlines what parent time looks like if these parties live so far away. Yeah, and I think it looks like we have a caller on the line. We do. Bill is on the line. Bill, go ahead. You're on the air with Haley Dickey. Hi, Bill. Yeah, I I personally think they should just abolish the marriage license. Get rid of it. Interesting. It's a mess. It's nothing but a mess. 
and the only people that profit is the lawyers and the judges. Let people have a relationship structured completely different. Everyone goes into it knowing that there's risk everywhere instead of having that comfort of marriage. Because it just doesn't – majority of the people wind up divorced. I, I've never – I see more people divorced than I see people living together for long periods of time. Yeah, I mean – What's I your think, take on that? I think that there's definitely a lot of people that think that way. And, Bill, I have to be completely honest with you. I'm, I'm part of those – two groups of people that benefit from the marriage license, right? So people yeah. that have happy marriages. Like illegal and illegal immigration. It's the same thing. We, we, you know, it's, it's for the lawyers and the judges. I mean, let people go into a relationship knowing that, okay, ma'am, if you're going to have a baby, you know, you're not going to be able to work for X amount of years. You're going to be support. You're going to be taking care of that baby. You know, the woman should say, okay, well, Hey, John, if you're going to go to work and support, me and the baby, well, maybe we should just split all of the money that comes in and we'll put it in separate accounts, accounts in the beginning. And I think I, I, that, that in a perfect world, if people talked about those issues, that that would be a good option. Unfortunately, I people enter into relationships a lot of times without thinking through those issues and and. One party maybe they start having kids, say, outside of a marriage, and one party is outside of the home working, and and maybe the woman's staying home with, and raising the kids, and then they separate, and the woman is completely disenfranchised. She doesn't have any recourse for relief because they weren't married. And I, I will say that's it's a problem I see often. She doesn't have any claim to alimony, no claim to property if all of the property's listed in his name. So there's. I can definitely see where you're coming from, but there's definitely two sides to that. If people aren't entering into intentional relationships the way that you've kind of described. Okay, so, so we, we've only got a couple of minutes here, but let's uh, let's bring this back around. Um, what are the takeaways, Haley, that you would like our listeners to to uh, take from this discussion that, that you're having today? Sure. Just that, and I think that Bill brings up a great point that. Parties really should be intentional when they when they get married or when they enter into a relationship. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm talking about when when parties are, are sort of divorcing as well. Um, there's kind of an intentional process that needs to take place. And my biggest takeaway is if you're planning on getting a divorce, go in and talk to an attorney. They're likely going to tell you to start you know, separating those assets and sep- not the assets themselves. Don't sell any assets. Don't try to deplete the, the marriage property, but taking sort of one half of the cash money that both of you have and putting it in a separate account um, is certainly something that, that you can do. And and also you're going to have to provide proof to the court what happened to those assets, right? But you'll be able to do that if you put it into a separate bank account. Um, but just be intentional. Just kind of think through what the issues could be. If you think that's going to blow up in in the basis of or create much more contention in your divorce, then I'm going to give you some different advice. So talk to an attorney if you're thinking about getting divorced. Okay, we've got about a minute left. And I, I have to ask this question because I'm just a curious kind of person. What's the most creative thing you have heard of that someone has done to try to either hide assets or or um, otherwise, you know, protect 
what they thought was theirs, you know, when they knew a divorce was looming. Have you heard of any really crazy examples? I, I mean, I don't want to give anyone ideas, right? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> the responsible thing. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> but I have, we have had some extremely litigious cases that have to do with creation of trusts in other people's names that, that make it almost impossible for us to get access to marital property. So people, I mean, hiding assets is common, unfortunately. Um, I'm not the attorney to advise you on <laughs> how to do that. I, I just don't. I won't do that for okay. ethical reasons. So. And, and please understand, I really wasn't asking for advice on how to Ryan's do it so much as just curious. <laughs> just kidding. Just curious. How do people get a hold of you? So I, my name is Haley Dickey. I'm a family law attorney with Peace Legal. And our number is 801-876-5297. Very good. Hey, Remember Me with Intervivos is on the way next.